saw Mac a little while ago. Um, definitely getting better. Probably won't practice today, but made a lot of progress here in the last, whatever, 48 hours. So keep plugging away and take that day by day, see how it goes. Take it day by day. Just take it day by day. We, we're not really doing anything differently. Day by day, Phil. Day by day. That's the plan. Day by day. Day by day is getting better. See how it goes. Day by day. Does he have a high ankle sprain? Day by day. What do I look like? A doctor? An orthopedic surgeon? Like, I don't know. Talk to the medical experts. What are the medical experts on staff say? Day by day. You think I'm going to read the MRI? That's not my job, so. But it's theirs and they, they talk to you about it, right? Yeah, it's day by day. It's getting better day by day. <laughs> oh my god uh, unbelievable that was actually better though at least he was smiling and not like you know rude or anything like i can handle that right there that's like to me at least like he's he's being somewhat respectful you know when, when other times we go damn it it's almost disrespectful how he's answering the questions <laughs> and i think he's amused by it because he knows what he's doing yeah. and he's got the freedom to do it within the confines of the nfl's injury reporting system they don't have to say anything other than did he practice yesterday did he not practice yesterday and what's the injury so did not practice ankle that's all they have to tell us and everything else really is day by day for a while there i thought he was going to do an unintended homage to the dinnertime prayer from Ben Stiller and meet the parents where he says day by day, by day, by, by day, day, by day. Yeah. But yeah, I like it when there's just that little impishness to him instead of when he's like that flat line where he's like annoyed to be there. It, and, and, and again, and again, if you don't like having to interact with the media, go coach high school lacrosse somewhere. It's part of what you get paid for. People are interested in what you're doing. So I, I kind of like the little impish quality that we saw from Bill Belichick yesterday. But the bottom line is Mac Jones has that reportedly high ankle sprain. A lot of progress in the last 48 hours. Okay. I think the chances of seeing him play on Sunday are pretty slim. The question is how many games will he miss? And we're going to get the same routine from Bill Belichick. He's not going to tell us anything. We're not going to know a thing until the day that Mac Jones is listed as questionable and ultimately plays, Chris. Yeah, I, I, you're right. They're gonna they're gonna you know hold their cards close as close to their chest as they can here for as long as possible. I I mean I I have a hard time thinking that Mac Jones is gonna be able to play this week. You know I, I'm I'm sure he is making some progress, but I mean wow, just the way the injury looked, and of course it's Calais Campbell falling on your leg and all that. You know I would expect to see Brian Hoyer. I really would. I I can't even imagine. You know, Mac Jones, if he did play or tried to play, I, I would think that it become it would be a detriment, really, to the team. There's no, I, I would, I've dealt with a high ankle sprain before. It does not heal after five or six days. It's a real pain in the butt, and especially that first week to ten days, it, it's hard to, you know, get to a point where you go, damn, I don't know when I'm going to turn the corner here and maybe be able to cut off it or push up in the pocket or whatever else. And uh, that's where I, I, I just don't expect to see him against the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. And if Mac Jones can't play this weekend at Lambeau Field against the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, Bill Belichick has confirmed that 36-year-old Brian Hoyer would get what would be his 40th start of his career, not rookie Bailey Zappi, but Brian Hoyer. Here is Brian Hoyer talking about his 39th career start 
from a weeknight game in 2020 during the COVID pandemic when Cam Newton couldn't play and Hoyer had a couple of mistakes and ultimately was yanked for Jared Stidham. Here's Hoyer talking about that experience. It wasn't your best game. No. So in trying to add context to that and say, the guy, he's still a good player. How would you? (laughs) I don't think I'd still be here if I wasn't, so... I played for 14 years. I have a lot of bad memories. I have a lot of good memories too. So it's just, you know, one game doesn't define me. One, one, you know, play doesn't define me. Um, I'm excited for any opportunity I get a chance to go play. So um, I really could care less about that. And, and look, the, uh, he wouldn't be on the team. He wouldn't be in position to play if the starter is injured, if he wasn't good, if he didn't know the offense, if he couldn't be trusted. And it was stunning that night to see him make those mistakes because they were going to steal the game maybe yeah that's right that's right right. they were they were in it was like whoa wait a minute wait a minute yeah they're gonna they're gonna somehow figure this out right but but bill belichick and company are going to be patrick mahomes with brian hoyer at quarterback and then it all and then it all uh fell apart but but yeah they they were in it and uh hoyer made that mistake late in the first half and that's what changed it but uh look again they love the guy he's been there I don't know how many different times. He leaves, he comes back. He leaves, he comes back. He leaves, he comes back. And he has played some good football over the course of his career. He's been doing it for 14 years now. And, uh, again, this is start number 40 on Sunday if he plays for Mac Jones. Yeah, that's right. They, you know, they trust him. They know what he is. Uh, yeah, he had that game. But that's really about the only game I can remember in his New England history where he just did, you know, dumb stuff like that. I think they know what to expect. He runs the system. He understands the overall mantra of the football team. I, I guess I was a little surprised all week that people thought it might be Bailey Zappi, where I want to go, what, you know, I understand, you know, we hear that they like him and all that. But again, no point did Bailey Zappi do anything in the preseason that you go, well, he should be the number two quarterback. I mean, he, he had a, a, a myriad of, of blunders and mistakes to where that's not going to get Bill Belichick and coming in and go, hey, you know, we'll start you in Green Bay. So, hey, this is a guy they trust. We'll see where it goes from here. You know, the, the Patriots, they do have a good defense. The, pay, the Packers' offense is certainly nothing special. It's a good offense. We know that. But it's not special to where I go, ooh, they might just blow the Patriots, you know, off the field. I don't expect that. And then, you know, when you get into Belichick managing the game, their ability to run the ball a little bit, and I, I'd never count New England out totally in these type of scenarios. I don't. You know, I don't expect them to win, but – I could see them being a pain in the butt here with, uh, with you know, against Green Bay with Brian Hoyer at quarterback. It really would be something if they can make the game competitive at Lambeau Field. And look, it's a special place to play. Bill Belichick surely is in awe of Lambeau Field. He doesn't see you know it that. once every eight yeah. years, and this may be the last time he's ever there. Who knows? They may have something up their sleeve for the Green Bay Packers. Now, they may not have the horses to get it done, but it won't be for lack of Bill Belichick trying to come up with something to confound Aaron Rodgers, contain that offense, and score just enough points. All phases, kind of like the Steelers. The Steelers and the Patriots are in that same mode right now, where it's all three phases, you find a way, you make a break at a key moment, and maybe you get lucky That's right. and you steal a game. That's right. And then, don't, you know. I'm not the- ready to pick the Patriots to win. Yeah. But but it won't surprise me. And again, these teams that are one and two, man, I, this is a huge week. Two and two versus one and three. That is a huge difference. Yeah, it is. And the Patriots, the biggest thing is they got to stop the self-inflicted wounds. I mean, they they really, other than the strip sack fumble against Miami, it, they were toe to toe with them. 
That game was not lopsided by any stretch of the imagination. Last week, Mac Jones' interceptions were horrible. I mean, they were bad. I mean, two out of the three, I'll, I'll give them the last one where they got to push the envelope a little bit and Calais Campbell hit them on that one. Okay, that one. But the other two were bad and big situations where, you know, they could have kind of gained control of the football game to a degree. And then, of course, we know that Nelson Aguilar had the fumble in a big moment. You know, they stop. They don't do some of that stuff. That game's going to be a nail-biter. I mean, they were winning the game, what, in the third quarter at one point against the Baltimore Ravens, and you were going, damn, they're – Lamar's made a few plays, but they're moving the ball up and down the field on this this Ravens defense. Uh, so th- if they can do that, I, like you said, we know they're going to play three phases of football, and I think they do have a chance to be a real pain in the butt for the Green Bay Packers. We don't know when the Patriots are going to get their 2021 first-round quarterback back on the field. We do know that the Jets are getting their 2021 yeah. first-round quarterback back on the field this weekend as they prepare for a tough task of going to Pittsburgh and trying to beat the Steelers in a game that when you look at the Steelers schedule, this is the only clear W between now and their week nine bye week because murderers row is coming up for Pittsburgh. Zach Wilson cleared to play. will start here. He is on how he's feeling ahead of his return to action. No, I'm full go. I'm, I'm going to be, you know, playing ball how I can, you know, if somebody comes up, make somebody miss, get out on the edge, extend plays when I need to, hang in the pocket, you know, I'm planning on being exactly exactly how I should be. Super excited, you know, not just Garrett, but everybody. I'm just, I'm just you know, psyched to be back on the field, um, you know, going through the whole process. You know, it's, it's the happiest I've been in, month, in the month. It's weird to see a little stubble on that 12-year-old face. Right. Of, uh, Zach Wilson. But, hey, you've been all over Zach Wilson from pre-draft, coming out of BYU, everything he can do, needs to stay healthy, They have the weapons around him where they can make it interesting. And the Steelers are in a weird spot right now. There's so much consternation locally about quarterback position, Mitchell Trubisky versus Kenny Pickett. And if Trubisky struggles at all on Sunday, it is going to be deafening. Mike Tomlin said in week two against the Patriots he couldn't hear and didn't hear the chance. Yeah, he'll hear it this week. Yeah, they'll hear it. They'll make sure they're extra loud this time if Mitch Trubisky isn't getting it done to the satisfaction of the paying customers. Yeah, definitely. And I think it would like the Jets, if it's it's ugly, that's where you it, it'll you know even be greater just because they, you know, Pittsburgh's gonna be like, whoa, we can't do anything against the Jets. You know, the Jets are the Jets are better on the defensive side of the ball this year. They are. They're not like last year. I mean, they're they're in the middle of the pack, I believe. Last time I looked, you know, they're they're not. It's not letting up a, a ton of big plays. You know, for the most part, I know Lamar made some plays and and Joe Burrow last week, but it's not like the dam breaks on a consistent basis on the defensive side of the ball. There's some young talent there. And, you know, like you said with Pittsburgh, this might be one of those last games they look at to go, wait, we can get a win. The Jets are probably in that same boat. They're going, wait, you know, we got a tough schedule. This might be one we can steal right here. So that's where I'm interested to see how it goes. You got the Trubisky element like you're talking about. Zach Wilson's in a very tough situation here. As much as I love him and love his talent, you know, the fact that you didn't practice for basically a month or so, and now, you know, it's just like, hey, and I know we get to practice a little last week, but now it's just right back into the game without playing, and he didn't play preseason. Man, that's not easy. It's not. But I think it's the right move for the Jets. I do that. You know, Joe Flacco, you can't, you can't, you can't count on Joe Flacco. I, you know, I know I, I walk around here in New York and people are still giving him credit for the Browns game. And I want to go, did we watch the same game? I mean, when the game was competitive and Cleveland didn't decide to shit down their leg and piss down their leg at the Hello. same time, all Hello. Right? like they, they were going to lose. I mean, it, it took a freaking nine miracles for them to win that freaking game. 
And Zach Wilson, what he is going to provide for this team with their defense being better is a little energy. That's for sure. Joe brings zero freaking energy to the football field. Zero. It's, it's, it's nothing. He throws an interception. He doesn't care. He walks to the sideline. He sits there. He doesn't talk to anybody, and he just sits there. And then when he comes back out and he throws a touchdown, he might pump a fist, and then he walks to the sideline and sits on the bench and doesn't talk to anybody. Zach Wilson has the heart of the team. I know that. I talk to enough people there. So that's where I'm excited to see it. But this ain't going to be an easy you know, game to come back in when you haven't played a lot of football here over the last six weeks. Let me just say this. Let me just say this. Usually I know when the S-bomb is coming from you because you build up to it. That one just kind of casually popped out. Well, it was like and my I frustration. Also, but but let, me, let me also add this. Because most days we don't know that anyone higher than us on the pecking order is paying attention. So yeah, they like are right now. We <laughs> both know that the boss is watching because he's already texted us The boss once. just texted me something actually right there. So, yes. Yeah, I, I can only imagine. Uh, yes. I can only imagine what the boss said. Uh, yeah. Because any other day we could say, sorry, boss, we didn't know you were watching. Right. Today that excuse no longer applies. I, the boss is awake and he's watching us. He is. He is. He's, or he's driving here to the office been listening on Sirius XM but yeah he is listening I, I I kind of forgot about that element as I was going down that road there yeah. just because I, I I get a little bit like at times with like you know just the Jet fans and that like I've, I heard that at the gym the other day like three times with Joe Flacco I mean he had that game against Cleveland I wouldn't even, you mean that game you were down by 13 with a minute 20 left and if they just you know do one thing right down the stretch the game's over and you lose by 13 you mean that game uh, so that's where I, I get a little heated about it, and I forgot where I was in the I, moment. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I haven't been to the gym in a long time. Maybe the vibe has changed there. I prefer to work out at home when I do work out. And, of course, with this back, that hasn't, that hasn't happened and isn't <laughs> happening anytime soon. I just had this image of you in a gym. Yeah. Jersey meathead. Right. With a bunch of other Jersey meatheads. <laughs> yeah. You know, lifting weights and talking football. And it's both fascinating and terrifying for me to consider that conversation. Well, it's not a too much of a meathead gym. It's like a hootie tootie. It's an equinox, right? So it's very nice. I'm like, I live in Connecticut, as you know, but I'm very close to the New You're York. You're the meathead then. I am. You're the, the meathead. I'm kind of the meathead. There's, there's a few meatheads in there, but we're, we're, we're like, we're numbered. There, it's not like your normal, it's not your normal New Jersey gym. I'll say that. Uh, but you know, you know how it is. Men, they've figured out who I am here over a period of time and, uh, they come up and, Hey, what do you think about this game? Or what do you think about this guy? And it just, it always happens at the gym. It's cool. I, I, I actually enjoy it and gets me out in the community and talking to some people a little bit, but see, that's the thing. You're there to work out. There's a balance to be struck. And I'm not saying you shouldn't be charitable and nice, but there is a point where, yeah, it's like you know, every really now and then there's a football. guy like, I yeah. talk football all the time. I really don't want to talk football constantly nonstop when I'm not at work. And, and, and look, I, I never, uh, it's so rare that somebody comes up to me and wants to talk that I'll do it. If it was happening all the time though, there's a point where I'd say, I just can't do I can't do this. Yeah. I just can't do this anymore. Uh, which I, is one of, I, yeah. well, it's one of the benefits of never leaving the house. Yeah. I hear you. So, I, I have a, you know, I, every now and then there's a guy where it's like, can't you see I'm in the middle and I'm like dead sweat. And I am kind of a psycho at the gym. So that I do think scares people away because I am the guy that's like, I'm doing squats. And then as soon as I get done, I put the weights down and I go over and, you know, do dumbbell bench and I wait 20 seconds and I do it again. 
and that's kind of how I work out. So it's hard to, you know, interject in there when I have some free time. I, I keep it moving pretty quickly. My, my all-time favorite Don't Bother Me story from the introduction to Playmakers, as I've heard time and again over the years, the Warren Sapp eating dinner, woman comes up and says, <laughs> I hate to bother you. And, and, and he says, and he shows his plate, and he says, do you see any, any peas on my plate? And yeah. she's like, what? Do you see any peas on my plate? And she said, no. Well, do you know why? No, because I hate peas. So if you hate to bother me, why are you bothering me? Yeah, I know. I know. It's a, <laughs> and I can just see thing. Warren Sapp. Oh, I could see him. The master. Saying that. Yes. Oh, boy. All yeah. right. That Warren, there's two Warren Sapps. That's, that's the other part of the problem. There's one Warren Sapp that would have happily posed for the photograph and signed the autograph and everything would have been great. Then there's the other Warren Sapp that says, do you see any peas on my plate? I think that's the problem that when you approach Warren Sapp, you don't know which Warren Sapp you're getting. All right, we're going to take a break. Grab bag time for week four when this Thursday edition of PFT Live presented by Google Pixel continues right after this. Doug Peterson coming back to the place where they have a statue of him with Nick Foles. Both men employed by the Jaguars, but at different times. Foles was the starter there until he got injured and it just didn't work and he was gone. Doug Peterson, now the head coach, and it's working. And they're back. And it's the Jaguars at the Eagles, 2-1 Jacksonville, 3-0 Philadelphia. Buy or sell as we do this week for grab bag. Doug Peterson hands the Eagles their first loss of the season in his return to the place from which he was fired, Chris. Well, all right. Like this, this is like I, I don't want to buy or sell completely here. Okay, I'm going to make people watch the podcast our, in our in our joint picks podcast. I'm not going to give you a total pick here, but I'm going to buy this. If you don't think Jacksonville can go in and upset Philadelphia, I I, I think people are crazy. You know, I understand Philly's the better team and a little more battle tested. Jacksonville is real. They are real. They are not going to be physically outclassed or overmatched in this football game. Now, whether they can win the game or not, hey, I, that's, that's a whole different story. But I can tell, tell you that I buy the fact that this will be a competitive football game and the Eagles aren't going to be able to just march over them like they did the Lions for three quarters or Washington last week. That's where I'm going to do it. I don't want to give away you know, any of that yet and give all the deep, great details. People got to watch our podcast. That's a big deal here. Okay. But yes, I, I do think they can, they can go on the road and have the potential to do this. They're not going to be, you know, like an R. Oh no, Philly's so good where we can't stop it. The Jags roster is one of the best in football. And I'll agree with you there. I'm yeah. not tipping my pick. Anybody that wants to know what we think of the game so they can bet the opposite Tune in for the Joint Mega Picks podcast coming up later today. I will say this, though, and not that the Philly fan base is going to listen to me. I got no problem with you booing, uh, booing Jalen Rager last Monday. I mean, what did he ever do for you or to you? Yeah. But I hope to God they don't boo Doug Peterson. The guy delivered the only Super Bowl championship in franchise history, and he got fired. He didn't choose to leave. That's right. He'd still be the coach there. Right. He got fired. He was told to leave. He didn't let his contract expire and then go take a job somewhere else. He didn't try to muscle his way out of town. He didn't cause any trouble for anybody. He got fired. So you don't boo him. You boo Santa not. Claus. Boo anybody else. 
but don't boo the guy that won you your only Super Bowl championship, please. I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you there. I am. And, and you know, to that fact, I'm, I'm, I should have brought this up. You know, there's going to be added incentive because of that from Doug Peterson. Those players in that locker room are going to know what's going on here. Those assistant coaches are going to relay to their players in their own little individual meeting rooms what how important this is. You know, so, yeah, he came up with Philly Philly to screw over New England. He might come up with up yours, up yours in this one right here, too. So they better be Howie, ready for that Howie. Stuff. Yeah. I think the place Howie, should be Howie, Howie. Howie. <laughs> yeah. Howie, Howie, how the hell did you let me out of here? Yeah, I know. So that that's, a, I think, a real element that plays into the game. And it was a power struggle, apparently, obviously. And see, Howie Roseman is so – Howie Roseman's smart, very smart. His audience of one is Jeffrey Lurie. And he knows what Lurie wants. He gives Lurie what he wants. We talk about this all the time. It's the billionaire's prerogative. And the billionaire doesn't have to say, I want this. The people working for the billionaire are smart enough to figure it out and give him what he wants, and it all works out well. And how he's just tied to the owner and lets the owner dabble and doesn't say boo about it and takes the blame when the owner's decisions don't go well. I Look, it, Doug Peterson got shoved out and – Eagles fans should not take it out on him because he would still be there again if they hadn't told him to leave. Patriots at Packers. Scale of 1 to 10, what is your confidence level in the Green Bay receivers heading in to week four? Especially at the time when Robio Dobbs, the fourth-round rookie, seems to be emerging as the best option yeah. available to Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, yes. You know, that's, they got to get him the ball more. He's the one guy right now with Christian Watson being out of the lineup that can do something a little bit. You know, Randall Cobb's nice and all that. This guy has some, like, special gifts that he can contribute to the football team. You know, so, I mean, confidence level, I, I'm i going to put it at, like, a, a, a I'm going to say a six right now. You know, but it's going in the right direction. It's trending in the right direction. I mean, again, that game there last week, they didn't throw the ball down the field very much. It was just Aaron Rodgers throwing the quickest, fastest RPOs you've ever seen in your life and – Really, I think he's probably the only guy in the NFL that could consistently do that that quick with that kind of pace and that kind of accuracy over and over. But they are growing. And, you know, I, I guess my confidence is, is like, higher as far as I think they're going to be in the right spots and all that. How many plays they're going to make, that's the part that I'm still like, I don't know yet. And, and they got to give the guys like him the ball a little bit more. So I'll go with a six right now. How about you? I, I – uh... I'd say I'm still at a five. I still think it's a work in progress. Yeah, I hear you. There aren't enough guys. There aren't enough guys. Right. Um, and more guys need to step up. And, and they only scored 14 points. I know, the defense I know. won them that game in Tampa Bay. So the offense still has some work to do. Broncos at Raiders. Buy or sell. The Broncos offense will put up more than 20 points against the Las Vegas defense. Denver is averaging 14.3 points per game this year. That is second fewest in the NFL. Chris. Yeah, they're a defensive football team, and they're a running football team right now. I'll buy that they get there, but it ain't going to be by much. I mean, this is it, – it, it'll be close. And the one thing you can count on the Raiders is they'll have the right tactical approach in playing the game. They will. The problem is the Raiders just they, – they have no talent on defense. They have nothing. It's Max Crosby and – other than that, I don't know if anybody's name gets called more than two or three times a game. And that, that's their real issue. But um, I, I'll buy that, you know, they get over 20. But, it, it, I mean, it'll be 20 or 23. I don't think it's going to be much over that. Raiders are giving up, on average, 
25.7 points per game. That is 24th in scoring defense. I I think that the Broncos won't get to 20. I I don't want to get ahead of what is coming later in the day where I have to sit here with searing back pain for another hour yes. and make our picks one at a time. But but this Raiders are 0 and 3, Broncos are 2 and 1. There's something wrong with both halves of that picture. I don't think it's going to be a good day for Denver in Las Vegas. Chiefs at Buccaneers fill in the blank with both teams looking to bounce back from week three losses. This game will come down to what, Chris? Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid's ability to come up with short. uh, Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid's ability to be patient. That's maybe the better way to put it. Uh, You know, Todd Bowles, we know it's creative. It's he wants to pressure you, play some cool zone coverages behind it. But we saw, right? We just talked about this the last segment. I mean, or two segments ago. When they played that way in the regular season matchup back in 2020, I mean, it was bombs away, and they just and they, they should have obliterated Tampa more than they did. You know, the Super Bowl, what happened? Todd Bowles broke the mold and said, you know what? Damn it. I'm going to play deep zones and deep coverage and see if they can work underneath and be patient. And there wasn't the inventory of plays to attack what Tampa was doing, and then Mahomes got impatient. So that's what I, I think will be uh, the the big thing, and I think that's going to be the key to the game for me. And, look, I'll flip it just a little bit. It comes yeah. down to that Buccaneers defense because we know the Tampa Bay offense. Now they're getting some of their receivers back, but there's just something missing there. The offense is not scoring points like it did last year. 30 points per game last year, 17 points per game so far this year. Tom Brady's yards per attempt, Peter and I were talking about this on Friday, it's down near 6.5. That is not Tom Brady-like in the latter stage of his no his career where he's become a passing machine and getting the ball down the field. Yes. They're not getting the ball down the field. 6.5. I mean, it used to be 7 was a big deal. Now seven is just kind of a given. Like eight and nine is where you want to be. be. Six point five is just that is not what the Buccaneers need to have the kind of offense that they're used to. Yeah, that's it's a great point. They're still looking to make those throws. And let me just, Brady is he's throwing it phenomenal. If it if you're open by a quarter of an inch down the field, he's going to throw it and he's going to throw a strike and it's going to be a completion. I really love that about him. You know, but right now he doesn't have the people that he can even throw the ball down the field. Like even in that game last week against Green Bay, they were attacking, but you know there was nobody open some of the times on those plays down the field. So he had to throw it short and do some of that. He's got no choice a little, but he's looking to be aggressive. Trust me, he's as aggressive as he's ever been. That's the thing I admire about him right now. I mean, him and Aaron Rodgers have done a role reversal in the last five years. Rodgers used to be the guy I'd be like, man, you know, nobody's open, and boom, he's throwing rifles down the field, and he's carrying the team. Now he's checked down Charlie and scared of hell of throwing the ball down the football field, and Brady's just cutting it loose play after play, and it makes you dangerous. And, yeah, I think, you know, like you said, with the weapons back this week, they'll, they'll be a little bit different on that side of the ball. Rams at 49ers on Monday Night Football. What's more likely, the 49ers get revenge for losing to the Rams in the NFC Championship game, or the 49ers have another disjointed performance like we saw in primetime on Sunday night where you and I were both stunned by that final outcome? Yes. Well, they blew too many opportunities to kind of control the game. And Jimmy G, you know, reminded us all of why they wanted to get rid of him and why they have, you know, traded to pick number three. 
I mean, you you know, you talk about me being the meathead in the gym. Well, I mean, I, this play is made for this. <laughs> Gone. See you later. Uh, wait, wait. I, I, called, I called Jimmy Garoppolo a meathead the other day. And I got some nasty emails that I was being mean to Jimmy G. Yeah. Don't call him stupid. Well, you you can only do so many stupid things before people come to the conclusion that you are indeed stupid. Uh, yeah. I, you know, listen, I'm not going to go as far as saying he's stupid, but I'm going to say he's a meathead, and he does some meathead things every now and then where, you know, you just picture him and be, like, all handsome and stuff and, like, which way is the weight room? Like, as he's flexing his, like, bicep muscle like Chris Farley and uh, Tommy Boy. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know – there's just things that happen where you just go, how does this happen? As much as you've played and some of the mistakes and the missed throws and all of it, that's where it's just it's crazy. But the 49ers, traditionally, when the back's against the wall here and Jimmy G is the quarterback, they find some way to bounce back and win the football game. So, you know, they're going to be like you've talked about. They're one and two. They, they're, 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 they don't want to be one and three. That makes life very hard as we go down the stretch here. And, you know, it's funny. And, and I understand Trey Lance is injured, and I feel badly about what happened to him, and we still don't know what he's going to become. He's going to be under so much pressure next year to finally oh fulfill the potential. Yeah. It's one thing to be the third overall pick. It's another thing to be the third overall pick that a team traded up, giving up two extra first-round picks to use the third overall pick on you, plus a third-rounder. Puts extra pressure on the kid. No doubt. And he didn't ask for this. But, but the fact that they felt compelled – to keep Jimmy around, I think tells us more than we want to know. No doubt about, about it. About what they really thought of Trey Lance before he got injured. I, I, Mike, I, I don't disagree with you at all. You know, I, I think we've been we've been saying this, and we said it that week. Uh, they did not want to keep Jimmy G. They have been doing everything to get rid of him for three years. Everything. And here he is back in the fold because they went, uh I don't know if Trey Lance is better than Jimmy. We need to keep him around. We don't know what the hell's going to happen. So that that's yes, that is scary. Like you're saying, along with the pressure to go along with it, it's going to make it you know very interesting next year evaluating Trey Lance. And a prime opportunity for Jimmy Garoppolo to lay the foundation for his next contract. But if he keeps playing like he did on Sunday night, no one's going to be interested in him in March of 2023. They weren't interested in March of 2022 because he had surgery. They're not going to be interested in March of 2023 because of how he played in 2022 if he keeps it up. Let's take a break. We'll take a closer look at one of the more compelling matchups on the slate. Buffalo versus Baltimore. Your boy Blue Chris against the early favorite to be the 2022 MVP, Lamar Jackson. We'll discuss that when PFT Live presented by Google Pixel continues right after this. Um, very mutual respect um, between one another, you know, um, but he's in Buffalo and I'm, I'm over here in Baltimore, you know, so it can't, it can't be no hanging out and stuff like that. But when we see, um, see each other, we show respect. He's won an MVP and he's playing at MVP level right now. And, um, you know, given all the, the drama and the details that, that are going on with all that contract situation that, you know, he's got going on, he's just like, you know, I'm going to bet on myself and um, I'm pretty sure it's going to pay off. And Josh Allen said today, you should be the highest paid player. Man, it felt certainly the way you're playing right now. Hear that? What does that mean to you? <laughs> I don't know it. What you want? I don't know. It's cool. I appreciate him saying that. Oh, Josh Allen stirring up a little trouble there. He's a Bill Belichick hey, again. <laughs> oh yes, right. make him the highest paid player. Where do we see his contract? And look, we're not going to see a contract for Lamar Jackson until the end of the season. I just need to say this. People are already saying that Lamar Jackson's bet on himself has paid off and he's won. 
it won't pay off until he gets his contract. And there's no guarantee he's getting a contract after this season. He's still got 14 more games he's got to get through in the regular season healthy. That's right. As Ed Reed said earlier this week, if you get injured, the Ravens aren't going to pay you. Now, maybe he can overcome it, and maybe we just assume he'll recover from any injury. But there's a certain type of injury that if he has it, he may not be the same guy. Yeah. If he just gets to the point where he's not the same guy anymore because of an accumulation of injuries, they won't pay him. But it's this year, and unless he demands a trade, and maybe he will, but the Ravens can, can squat on him. 2023 franchise tag, 2024 franchise tag. It becomes too expensive in 25. So he's got three more years for the bet to pay off to the point where he hits the open market. Unless he takes a stand after this season and says, I want out. Or if the Ravens say, you know what? We're never going to get this guy to agree to a contract. Let's just trade him to someone else and get value for him and start over. I don't rule that out. I don't think they want to do that. But they may feel like they have no alternative if what they're looking at is this season, two more with Lamar Jackson, and then he walks away. Yeah. I mean, listen, we're all all dying to see what happens here with this one. No question. I I can't – I mean, this is the game of the day at 1 o'clock. That's for sure. It's the game of the day really overall in the afternoon games, in my opinion. And then the Jaguars and Philly, that's the other one in the afternoon games that I'm most excited to see of these two. But, I mean, Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson, holy crapola, Batman. I mean, they're, they're amazing. I mean, they, they, they can take over a game by themselves. One thing I'll say with Lamar that I think he is showing people, Mike, that, you know, we've discussed before, and, and you kind of just brought it up. Yeah, you know, maybe hurts his knee or, or hurts his ankle, and gosh, we don't want that to happen. I'm going to knock on wood because I love watching Lamar Jackson play. But – you know, I heard that argument a lot, and I was a part of it too. Like, oh, man, if that happens and he can't run, will he be the same guy and all of that? The, the one thing he's done here in three weeks is you're seeing a, 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 a steady, sharp incline in play right now as far as in the pocket throwing the football. You know, people want to talk about, yeah, we know he can run and do all of that. But, damn, he's good in the pocket too, and people got to start recognizing it. You know, they're not, you know, the, the 2002 Rams. They're not the most creative that way. They're good. Don't get me wrong. They do a lot of good things. But he is phenomenal throwing the football. He has an elite arm. And we talk about Mahomes and the sidearm delivery, right? Josh Allen and that. Lamar, if you watch a game, he throws the ball sidearm maybe as much as anybody in football. It's right up there. So he's got a lot of different ways to beat you that way. I think that's the encouraging thing if – you know, you're in the Lamar corner that you might be able to use that, you know, if something did happen. But regardless, I cannot wait to watch these two go at it. I cannot. They're just they're both on fire right now. And, uh, you know, the, the leading candidates for the MVP award. And this is kind of the Steve McNair, Steve Young transition from running quarterback to right. pocket quarterback, which right. will serve Lamar well and insulate him against that Cam Newton effect where Newton just got to the point where he physically wasn't the same guy right. and he didn't have elite passing skills to fall back on from the pocket and he's he's not in the league he's nowhere, exactly. Lamar's only 25. He's younger than Joe Burrow. So uh, this bet may take a few more years to play out, but – he, he he may get that fully guaranteed contract from somebody by forcing his way to the open market. Or if he pulls it to Sean Watson and says, I'm done playing for the Ravens, I want to be traded, and they trade him, he could set up a situation like that where he gets multiple teams and one of them does what the Browns did and gives him a fully guaranteed contract if the Ravens are going to continue to refuse to do that. Here's Josh Allen talking about 
he and Lamar Jackson finding success both as passers and runners? You know, it's simple as we're, we're doing what's asked, asked of us. Um, you know, there's a lot of different notions and opinions about both of us coming out uh, of the draft. Um, you know, and we're just trying to find ways to help our team win football games. And, you know, he does it as good as anybody in the league. So, um, again, it's no, it's no simple task for our defense to go out there and play a guy like his caliber. You know, it's amazing. They're two of the five quarterbacks taken in round one of the 2018 draft, and they're the two that have panned out. Baker Mayfield jury is still out at best on him. Sam Darnold, he's injured right now. So far, the verdict is bust. Right. Josh Rosen, I think he's on the Browns practice squad. I don't know. I've lost track of him. So two out of five, 40% success rate, and both have been tremendous successes that's why you roll the dice on a first round quarterback you don't know which ones are going to work out and when they do work out they can work out to the point where they are among the very best in the entire nfl and that's what the bills got they traded up to get josh allen and the ravens traded back into round one i told the story back at the time this happened steve bishotti wanted to take in middle of the draft the pick that they used on hayden hurst and the ravens had a plan they were confident and they ended up getting him at pick number 32, which is just amazing in hindsight that right. he was there that long and that many teams passed on him. And uh, now Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen, two of the very best in the NFL. And Jackson right now, right now, uh, Josh Allen is the favorite to win MVP. The Bet MGM odds have Allen at plus 250. That's 2.5 to 1. Lamar at plus 550. If the vote were taken right now, and obviously it isn't, there's still a long way to go, but I think Lamar would win right now. I would agree. I would agree. Lamar, I'd, I'd put him just, just ahead of Josh Allen. I mean, you know, again, I think the loss leaves a sour taste in our mouth last week with the Bills. But, again, I mean, it's it, they're both one-man wrecking crews. They really are. And it's why, Mike, you know, to your point with the draft and all that, I lean on the talent thing so much at times when, because people make up these mythical BS reasons for quarterbacks and this is why they were two of my favorite in the process because I just went man strong arm fast as hell you know doesn't sound like they're you know idiots or anything like that because of course that changes it if you start to hear those things but either way their their physical ability is it just pops off the screen and I mean look at these throws I mean Lamar Jackson I, I would think the only thing that's hurting his MVP chances is I, I don't know how good Baltimore is and how long they can continue to survive this way with that defense the way they are. That that's what worries me a little bit, you know. It and then they're a team as we've talked about. They're built to run the football and then they can't run the football. You know, uh, there's a, 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 a like the phrase I I, I want to use here is a past first running football team. That's what they are right now, and that's weird. That doesn't make sense. But Lamar Jackson could pull it off and. Yeah, I'm excited to see this this week. You know, I think Buffalo will be a little more healthy on the defensive side of the ball, and we know they're really well coached. I'm interested to see their attack. And Baltimore, I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know what they can do against Buffalo. We'll we'll see as far as their their defense versus their offense because, I mean, man, Allen and that offense, they they got answers, and he poses problems, and I just – Baltimore can't pressure the quarterback unless they blitz, and that's not a good formula against Josh Allen right now. 
And you made a great point about MVP. Remember, it's the one seed in each conference, usually the quarterback from one of the two number one seeds that wins it ultimately, unless you have some statistically amazing performance that eclipses that. And the Ravens could be the number one seed. You're right, though. The defense needs work. What can that defense even begin to do? To slow down a Bills team that Chris is going to be even more motivated. I know. To go in there and and put up the same kind of yardage that they did in Miami, but this time not end up on the wrong side of the final score. I, I, I that's I'm I'm interested to see what they do either. I mean, again, New England marched up and down the field on them, did whatever they wanted. Run it, throw it, whatever. And New England's a t- team we all we talk about is they're not very explosive, they're not very dangerous. And you know what? They were explosive and dangerous against Baltimore. It just that that's where you worry about it a little bit. And I I'm, I don't know what to say right now. I, I I have no answers for you. They're really like Mike McDonald, their defensive coordinator there, John Harbaugh. They're they're in a tough spot. I, I honestly think they're almost like they just got to rely on the offense to make plays and keep them in the football game. And Lamar's gonna have to push the envelope that way. I definitely have more faith in Buffalo's defense coming up with a game plan to stop Lamar right now than vice versa. That's for sure. Um, But you never know, and we'll see. That's why they play the game. But I am damn excited to watch this one on Sunday. This is only the third time in his career that Lamar Jackson is an underdog at home. Mm. He is 2-0 in the prior occasions against the Patriots in 2019. Remember, the Patriots were 8-0 in that game. It was a Sunday night game. Ravens thumped them. And then 2021 against the Chiefs, the Ravens were home underdogs and won the game. All right, let's go ahead and take a break. Feats of strength from week three of the 2022 NFL season when PFT Live, presented by Google Pixel, continues right after this. Plus, did you happen to see Eli's fun little dig and share a little bit more and how you respond to that need? Why do even kind of former peers pick on you a little bit for fun? They know you can take it. Don't want Chad Powers? <laughs> um, yeah, you know, Chad Powers, you know. Um, I'm 3-0 and against Chad Powers, you know. Um, <laughs> You know, listen, I, I think that, uh, you know, that it's uh, part of the game, man. We're just having, those guys are having fun, you know, and, and everything else. I, I have a lot of respect for Peyton and Eli and, and those guys. Those guys, I mean, you know, I've always looked up to those guys, so I'm not, I'm not stressed about it. Russell Wilson responding to a dig from Eli Manning in the Manning cast. Eli said maybe the punter should be the guy who got the $250 million contract instead of Russell Wilson. And then Eli tried to walk it back the next day. I mean, look, if you're going to do this Manning cast and it's going to be fun and it's going to be engaging, you're going to say some stuff sometimes that may piss people off. Own it. If you got to call him up and talk to him about it and say, look, I'm just joking and having fun, that's fine. But, but don't walk it back publicly. He said what he said. And Russell Wilson isn't going to come out and say Eli's being a big jerk. He's not going to say he that. He said the right it, thing. It he said he was 3-0. That Chad, was perfect. The, he's 3-0 against Eli Manning. That's all that matters. And Chad Powers is some character Eli played when he was pretending to be trying out to play at Penn State. All well, right. Well, wait, wait. What's weird, four, too, just, Mike, just to add on it, what's weird, yeah. you know, he takes the shot and, and all that. But, I mean, Peyton's got to see Russell. Peyton lives in Denver. Uh, and Peyton seems like he's at that facility, you know, enough to where he's going to have to run into him. So, I'm sure that's probably part of the reason Eli walked it back a little bit the next day. But, 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 but hey, look, look, you can't have it both ways. Either you're going to have this companion broadcast to Monday Night Football that everybody's going to say it's so great and it's so funny and you're loose and you're edgy and you're entertaining, but, uh-oh, we're going to piss some people off. you got, you got to pick a lane. You can't have it both ways. And they're very political. And now they got the Omaha Productions thing that's tied into the Pro Bowl alternate reality and 
it's all going to be voluntary for the players. They're not required to go. So there's a lot of politics that go into this, and I think we're seeing some of the rubber meeting the road here. All right, week four matchup draft. Any matchup, any game, anything that tickles your fancy, Chris, go. Well, I, I'm going to go to the game we just talked about. I mean, you know, the I guess I'll just say the Bills defense to make it simple versus Lamar. You know, more maybe I want to go McDermott and Leslie Frazier versus Lamar. Just to, I'm, 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 Lamar's on fire. I mean, you know, what are the numbers? He's responsible for what? Like 90% of their offensive output and yards. And I mean, it's insane right now. And, and just what are they going to do to stop him? I think they got the pieces to slow him down and do that and the coaching and all that. But damn, you know, I thought I never would have thought he would have scored that many points last week against New England and Bill Belichick. So that's one that certainly piques my interest right off the bat. For me, and this one is non-obvious, but it is one of the ongoing storylines of the week as it relates to whatever it is that Chris Jones said to Matt Ryan. Chris Jones versus Tom Brady, a couple of the biggest talkers in the game. And you know what Brady's going to try to do because he's going to want that 15 yards of field position. Well, and they'll he's never call try it to get on Chris Tom. Jones. Right. And that's right. So he's going to try to get Chris Jones to say to Tom Brady what Chris Jones said to Matt Ryan and pick up a cheap 15 yards, and they're not going to flag Tom Brady no. for saying the exact same thing. And, and, and that's the game within the game. Chris Jones barreling up the middle, putting Tom Brady on his butt, what will Chris Jones say? What will Tom Brady say? What will they do? I'm going to be fascinated by that one. Yeah, it, it, it's, it is. It is. And, of course, that annoys me altogether, the Chris Jones thing. And then, yeah, there's – I mean, Brady, we've seen him actually cuss out referees, and he doesn't get a penalty. But yet, you know, Chris Jones makes a comment with no gestures involved, and they call a penalty. So that, that, is, that is something to watch for. You're right. I, I kind of like how you went there on that one. Um I guess the next one is uh, I'm, I'm torn here. I, I guess I'm going to go to the night because I think that's the other thing I'm excited to see. You know, this defense of the Dolphins and how aggressive they are and versus Joe Burrow and the struggling offensive line that was a little better last week, but not great. You know, you said earlier they got, you know, the Jets only got two sacks, but damn, Slippery Joe got out of about seven or eight of them. Uh, so that's where I'm, I'm interested to see that, too. And then, you know, like we talked about to start this, the, the show off today, just you got to be careful how aggressive you are if you're Miami because of Joe Burrow and the weapons at his disposal could be, you know, scary for you if you play man-to-man with no free safety in the middle of the field too much. I'm going to go to one that we talked about earlier, late afternoon window at Lambeau Field, Bill mm. Belichick versus Aaron Rodgers, because if the Patriots have any chance whatsoever in this game, it is going to be Belichick devising a way to shut down those young and inexperienced receivers for the most part, confuse Aaron Rodgers, and keep him from scoring points. I mean, he was held to 14 against the Bucks. I think Belichick would like to think if he could hold Aaron Rodgers to 14, he could find a way to muster at least 15 in one of the three phases, more than one of the three phases of the game, special teams, offense, or defense. So that's fascinating to me. Belichick at Lambeau Field, hallowed ground. What can he do against Aaron Rodgers? Let's take a break. We'll do round three of the week four matchup draft when PFT Live, presented by Google Pixel, continues right after this. All right, matchup draft. We've gotten through the first couple of rounds. PFT Live, presented by Google Pixel. Learn more at googlestore.com. Round three, Chris, you're up. All right. Well, I'm going to go to the, my other favorite, you know, game of the week. I mean, to me, it's, you know, the NBC Bucks Chiefs. It's the Ravens and the Bills. And then 
It's the Eagles and the Jags. Those are my three favorite games of the week, and I'm going to go with Dougie Fresh. Dougie Fresh Peterson versus the Eagles. I'm going to call him Dougie Fresh, too, because I give the guy a lot of, I mean, one, we know, I, I feel like he'll, you know, extra motivation, a little extra creativity, and I really want to give Doug Peterson a lot of credit for what his offense looks like at, as compared to how it looked in the end in Philadelphia. It, it's just expanded, Mike. I'm very impressed. Press Taylor's the offensive coordinator. Maybe he deserves some of this credit, too. But they're way more diverse and harder to handle and do more things before the snap and have more schemes and ways to attack you. And they're going to make things hard on the Eagles defense. So, yeah, I'm excited. It's a little like Dan Quinn. It's like they sat out of football for a year and they went, wait, what I was doing got stale. I got to change it up. And now I go Dan Quinn. I'm like, damn it. The defense is good. He's a hell of a coach. And I'm saying that same damn thing about Dougie Fresh, Dougie Fresh Peterson. And I'm excited to see that against the Eagles. And what the perfect antidote he was for Urban Meyer in Jacksonville. I still think Urban Meyer is going to try to find a way to claim credit for what's going on there. Again, today's the 52-week anniversary of his notorious failure to return with his team from Ohio to Florida. Mike McDaniel will not make that mistake. He may not know how to lock his Audi RS7, but he does know how to get on a plane and go back to Miami. I am going to go with Mike Tomlin versus the Steelers fans. And, mm. and it's, you know, when... The Patriots came to town. They were chanting for Kenny Pickett. Tomlin said he couldn't hear it. There's been this buzz. Hey, the, the customer's always right, supposedly. And they've had no-show issues in Pittsburgh in recent years. They've had local TV ratings drop. At some point, you got to give the people what they want. Yes, it's a game, and it's premised on X's and O's and strategy and team building and all that stuff. But, but you want people to give up their time, their attention, their money to the cause at some point you have to give them what they want and that sound is going to be deafening it was funny because his press conference on tuesday tom went out of his way to say we love our fans we respect our fans yeah but he's not listening to the fans as we said earlier he will hear them loudly if mitch trubisky struggles at all on sunday against the jets yeah i i would think so you know i mean listen a head coach you got to dance that fine line of yeah we hear the fans but i can't let them you know, overtake the football team here and all that. But, you know, Trubisky, it's just been solid. It hasn't been good or great or anything like that. I don't want to say it's been bad either, but it's just been solid. And I'm I'm with you, Mike. I think that if the fans get behind it too much, I, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, this is where ownership and other powers that be in an organization start to get involved and just go, hey, Mike, you're the coach. We know that, but we'd like to see the new kid in here and let's get it rolling. I, I wouldn't be shocked if that happened. We'll be back tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. Eastern. Peter King and I breaking down everything from Dolphins-Bengals tonight while Chris is sound asleep Woo, in his hammock with his pina colada and his bong. You know it. Everybody have a great See day. ya. See you Friday. <laughs>